when you're in the hospital, <clears throat> you, you have time, maybe too much time, to think about things. And uh, it's interesting the things that do cross your mind while you're in the hospital or laid up at home or wherever. <clears throat> it's always interesting to see what God might bring through across your mind and your path and your heart. But uh, several things went by this week, and this was one of them. And that I, I, I want to share with you. Mark had just finished the series on the minor prophets, and I was reading Hosea um, during the, the time with Mark and uh, when I went to the hospital and uh, began to contemplate how hard it must have been for Hosea, prophet of God, to have Gomer as the wife that he would give his life to, he would give his whole heart to. And yet, you know, Hosea was the man after God's heart. And yet he's got to have in his house a woman who doesn't really want to be there. <laughs> She'd rather be somewhere else. And so I thought, wow, what an interesting book. And not only that, but what an interesting story. And if, so if you don't know fully the story of Gomer and Hosea, Gomer was her name, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that something? Now, that starts you off on a bad foot right there. Because you're thinking she's got to be ugly if her name is Gomer. Okay. <laughs> but, but the you know, I don't, I don't see very many kids bringing Gomer home to meet mom and dad. You know what I'm saying? But on the other hand, there's a great story here. And it's a story that applies to you and me today. And it's a story that we need to embrace. And we need to decide how we're going to respond to it. And so, if you'll take a look in, um, we'll start in chapter 2, in verse 2 of uh, Hosea, because it's, it's got just uh, a great uh, opening for us. Let me see if I can get back there. The problem with using electronics is that you don't all, they don't always cooperate the way you're supposed to. Verse 2 of chapter 2 says, Bring char charges against your mother. Bring charges, for she is not my wife, nor am I her husband. Let her put away her harlotries for, from your, her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Now, that's a pretty graphic statement by Hosea of the, condition, of the condition that he found his house to be in. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I want my house to be that way. I want to enjoy the fellowship of my wife in every possible way. In every possible way. That's what God intended for us to do. Amen. He had man marry a woman so that you could enjoy each other physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every possible way. The thing that Cindy has done for me over the last, this past year in my health, and a couple of years with my health, uh, you know, she looked at me one day not too long ago and she goes, is this on the 
for worse list? <laughs> I said, yeah, I think so. I said, yours kind of started the day we started in this thing, but here's the culmination of it. And you never know what the worst is going to look like. You'll say those vows in a wedding ceremony, but you don't really know what it looks like, do you? Because it's going to look different in every, every situation. But can you imagine Hosea, who is a prophet of God, having to physically be attached to a woman like this? And things got worse. I mean, chapter 2 sounds bad, but... Chapter 3, we just read, gets worse because, you see, Gomer didn't return. She went further and further down the path of destruction. Uh, this is at a time when Israel was divided between a north and a south kingdom. It's kind of like the Arkansas River divides paradise and jinx from torment on Tulsa. No, I'm teasing. You know, I was, while I was in the hospital, I got to watch the floods quite a bit. Man, how destructive can water be? Just It was just rain. Just rain? Yeah, it was just rain. Got it. But how destructive can it be? Well, let's ask Muskogee. Let's see what they think. Who'd have ever thought that two million gallons of water was draining into the Keystone Lake? And they were in turn draining out two million gallons. Was that a second? Did I hear that right? Two million gallons a second? Man, it's a lot of water, isn't it? People at Riverwalk got a little excited to have that water get up close to them. <laughs> yeah. When the tornado blew across, in spite of the floods, then we had the tornado, right? Welcome to Oklahoma. Yeah, one o'clock in the morning, we all got woke up at the hospital to be moved out in the hallway. I loved that. They said, you can't walk very well, can you? I said, nope. They were just going to grab my bed and take it. <laughs> they put me in a chair and rolled me out there. Isn't that amazing? Just amazing. And how many lives have been lost through that? Not, not as many as you could possibly think. But when you go back to this story in the Old Testament, and I think about the destruction that was going on between the northern and southern kingdoms, and God interjects this story, is He not trying to give a message to His people? Is He not trying to tell us today possibly the same lesson? And that is, if you choose, you can reject Me, or if you choose, you can have life abundantly by connecting with me. Because you see, God is Hosea. God is Hosea, and you're going to see that in just a little bit. He talks about, in these verses, the raisin cakes, mentions that as a reference. And that's a reference to the fertility uh, worship of the god Baal. They raised uh, raisin cakes or, or made raisin cakes as an offering to Baal uh, in thanksgiving for a good harvest. It's like paying the devil his due. Okay? Israel continued to follow the gods of sticks and woods that were crafted by their own hands and their own imaginations. 
And we're rapidly becoming a nation that believes in itself that it's the greatest strength that could ever come without God's help. Now, you'll never make it without God's help. It'll never be sustained. You can appear as though you're strong, but in essence, you're weak. How many, how many major countries over the years have stood up to say, well, we're stronger than, only to be crumbled, you see. Well, America will crumble from within. Nikita Khrushchev uh, prophesied that back in the 50s when he said he was going to put missiles in Cuba. Remember? Some of you do. And what John Kennedy do? One of the last Democrats that really had a, had a conservative heart. What did John Kennedy do? He did whatever American would want to do. He stood up to him and he said, it ain't happening. You do it, we're going to blow you off the, blow you out of the water. Well, they believed him and backed off. Okay? See, we've got to have people that are willing to stand on the principles of God. And this is, this is a great story about that. In verse 2, we see how far down the road Israel and Gomer had traveled. Hosea had to, uh, had to repurchase Gomer back from whoever owned her. And it's unclear who owned her, but he had to go purchase her back. Now, can you imagine he had her? She left him to go back into that lifestyle only to be put into slavery to someone else. And then he had to go. And if you read the book of Hosea, you'll see that he had to go every night. He went out hunting for her, calling her name as he walked through the city streets. Is that not a picture of us? Is that not a picture of God calling every day for us to come home? For us to wake up? For us to get right with Him? Wow! What a story! What a story! And yet, we continue to play into the acts of each of these stories. Hosea had stopped providing for her, so she didn't have any other way to make ends meet. So she had to be enslaved to someone. So how much did it cost him? How much did it cost him? What was the price that you'd pay for a slave? Well, how much was that? In Exodus twenty-one thirty-two, it says, If the ox gores a male or female servant, he shall give their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. So by all practical purposes, he just gave 30 pieces of silver. Does that number sound familiar? 30 pieces of silver? Think of anybody else that was given 30 pieces of silver? Ah, isn't that an interesting connection? That's just, that's just a coincidental, isn't it? So Jesus was purchased for the cross at no greater price than that of a servant. That of a slave. Wow. You stop. You got to wrap your mind around some of this stuff. Gomer wouldn't return on her own. She had to be purchased. Purchased the price of a slave. And, and of course, the thing about Homer being... Like most preachers, <laughs> short on cash in his pocket. 
He's like Wimpy on the Popeyes. Be glad to pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, right? Remember that one? Yeah. <clears throat> and Tuesdays never came around, by the way. But she was purchased with the price of a slave and now is the slave to Hosea. But she still has a rebellious heart. She still doesn't want to be compliant. She still doesn't want to come into that covenant relationship the way she should with him as her husband. In fact, he states that emphatically, that we're not going to be in that way again. And yet that rebellious spirit is still within her. Because Gomer is a slave, not a wife. Don't raise your hand, but how many wives understand what I just said? She's a slave and not a wife. Don't raise your hand. You see, because sometimes we forget. Men have a tendency to forget how we really truly are. Men are, con- are conquistadors. We like conquest. And we're going to come, come, get it, get it, get it, go, 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 go. Once we got it, we put the notch on the belt and we move on to the next thing. Have you noticed that, ladies, in your life? How they dated you and courted you and took care of you. And, man, they couldn't, they couldn't say enough nice, sweet things to you. And you said, amen. You said, okay. I said, I do. You put a ring on and, oh, heavenly days, this ogre shows up <laughs> in your house. Where did he come from? <clears throat> well, he was always in there. But he knew how to cover him. See, I wonder about Gomer and Hosea's relationship. Verse, verses 4 and 5 puts the scenario into perspective, into a much larger picture of God's relationship to Israel. And uh, I want us to go back to that in chapter 3. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. And they will fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So, they're going to be held in captivity, basically, is what he's telling them. And God has pleaded with Israel to return to him. He's provided for them ways in which they could uh, push away from these foreign gods and come back to Him to be let Him be their true God in their life. Uh, he's let them taste the sting of their actions, letting the foreign nations harass them and, and harangue them and in, enslave them. And that's what Satan has done to you and to me on this side of glory. He is enslaving us with debt. He's enslaving us with fear. He's enslaving us with the opportunities that we think we should have and don't have and we've missed out on and why can't this? And Cindy and I have agonized for uh, now over a year why she can't find a job. But then again, where would I be? I would probably already be gone if God hadn't intervened and Work this. It'll work out the way it's supposed to work out, the way God wants it to work out. You know? But it's been a real rough ride for her. 
just because she thought she was worth more than, than she's discovering she is. I said, oh, you're, you're priceless. What are you talking about? I said, they just don't know that. <laughs> you see. But all of us are priceless in the eyes of God, aren't we not? He's, he paid the highest price. When you think about what Homer paid, 30 pieces of silver. Hey, well, God paid a higher price for you than, than Hosea did. His price was his son. Don't forget that. Don't ever, ever, ever forget that he gave that to you. One of the sidebars about being in the hospital is you get a chance to talk to nurses for 12 hours, whichever shift you want to stay up. And so at three in the morning, great conversation. Nobody else really bothering them at three in the morning. When you can't sleep. Great conversations. And I find out nurses, or found out nurses who are, man, they're just struggling with everyday life. You know? They're struggling with husbands and children and working full time and trying to be at home and trying to do it all and trying to spend plates. Does that sound familiar? You'll never get it done without a commitment to Christ who paid the ultimate price for you and for me. Back up in in, in verse 3, things get a little bit strange. Israel is to be isolated so they may hopefully return to their senses, return to seek the Lord their God with all their heart. I can't enter into a marriage relationship with another person without consent of that other person. I can't force that other person to come marry me. But when they do, joy is unspeakable. Amen? I was blessed this morning in a real special way. Uh, Jace Parmenter asked me if I would do their wedding for them next May. I said, if I'm still here, if I'm still alive, I'd be glad to do it. Why that was a special invitation is that I remember going to the hospital when he was born. Now he's getting married. I said, well, Jason, I'm going to hang around long enough, hopefully, to see your first baby born. And uh, isn't that a special, that's a very special invitation for me. As your preacher, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that. Hopefully my body will cooperate and we'll be able to pull that off. But Gomer, back to Gomer, she's just not ready to surrender. So much like you and me, we're not ready to surrender. We'll surrender, but we'll surrender on our terms. And that's not what God says. God says, here's what I want you to do. Do it. Why do we buck and snort and hoop and holler about that? Just do it. Just go do it. And your life flows much better. Can you say amen? When you just go do it. So you got Hosea prophesying to Israel, warning them that their nation was going to fall. Hosea lived to see the destruction of Samaria, the capital of Israel, in 722 B.C. by the Assyrians. Temples were gone. High places were gone. Nation destroyed. They are now in servitude to these 
dreaded Assyrians. No place to worship, no place to sacrifice, no access to their idols and their pagan worship. They are now without any hope at all. Their false gods have been have not protected them. Their only hope is now that the Creator God, who they have rejected, who they have left to go, prostitute themselves to things that they created themselves, will they find the humbleness to return to that Creator God. There is where America is right now. Will we find the inner character to humbly come back to the throne of God? For Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, seek my face, and turn from their... There's three actions there. Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and reach down to heal their land. And we've got to be ready to surrender back to God. There's the problem with all of us, is that we're too proud. Too proud. All it takes is an illness, a diagnosis, to get your attention. I've been watching this week um, some coaches that are starting to put. Are you do you doing that? Where you have a picture of you as a coach, and you don't give any explanation to the picture. You just put it on. Oh, it's the, I'll show you. I'll show you Allen's. It's the funniest thing. You just you just randomly pick. Ten pictures over a ten-week period. Put it on Facebook, and then you, you uh, and then you challenge another coach to do the same thing. It's really, it's really interesting. The pictures that that are being put up there. You know, the last one Alan put up there was him. It showed him yelling at a, a referee, and somebody somebody responded to his post and said. Were you inviting him to church Sunday? <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, interesting, interesting thing. Uh, why I got off on that, I don't know. Uh, but we've got to understand that God's calling us for a purpose, and He needs us to be uh, about the business of why He's called us. Quit playing games. Quit playing games and get back right with God. And keep humble. Keep humble. Before the Lord. The end of the story of Homer and Hosea, Gomer and Hosea, is that we never get the true end of the story. Uh, Gomer is a slave in Hosea's house, while, with Hosea waiting for Gomer's heart to change. But the whole story of Israel doesn't end there either. In verse 5, there's a very strong push toward the Messiah. It's no longer the old Israel which is in focus, but the new Israel takes uh, precedent. We know this because of the words afterward and in the words in the latter days. Also, the phrase of the return to David, their king, can only mean that they return to the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the true son of David. Acts 2, verses 14 through 41 is a great section of Scripture, but I just want to 
close in on a couple of verses in the very end, 40 and 41. It says, and with many words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Those, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day uh, were added 3,000 souls to them. So in those verses of Scripture is where we found the call from God to, uh, to respond to the word of God and be baptized and to rise to walk in a new life. Have the gift of the Holy Spirit given to us. And it says that they continued on day by day by day, and God kept adding to their number daily, those being saved. Why is that? It's because people were getting on fire for God. They were coming back to God. They were repenting. They were finding a reason to be a part of the family of God. What about you? Have you been complacent for so long that it doesn't matter anymore? Have you been just pushing aside so long that hey, I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to invite anybody to church. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do Hey, we'll never survive if that doesn't happen. We've got to have more people, as Don said this morning, who are willing to give of their monies to the church. And we just do. We just do. So that's a, that's the thing that we need to all be praying for in relation to God. You know, are you doing your part? And if you're doing your part, then uh, we need others to come to come alongside us and do their part as well. You know, and you just never know what God's got in store. So we've got to be focused on what the Lord has for us and what the Lord wants uh, in our hearts and in our lives. All right. I want to finish with Romans 5 this morning. Romans 5, verses 6 through 11, it says, For when... We were still without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we shall also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. He died for you. He died for me when we didn't deserve it. Hosea is an example of God and God's love for us. He loved Gomer, whether she was faithful to him or loved him back. And that's exactly the love that God has for you and for me. And so if you're finding in your life right now struggles and difficulties, it could be because you've strayed a little bit from God's path. The great news is, through prayer, you can come right back in line. Real easy. Real easy. So today may be your day. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're walking that right path. I want to encourage you to not give up and not give in. I want to encourage you to stand firm and to stand strong. And I want to encourage you to learn humility and surrender. And let's come back to the throne of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these that are here. And just pray a special blessing upon each and every one of us. And Father, I just pray that you will guide and direct our thoughts and our hearts. Father, we will pause right now and just thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. And thank you so much that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And I pray, Father, that this week we would take the opportunity to invite one other person to join us for church. 
and because we love our church and we want them to be a part of that loving church. God, I just pray for those that aren't here today. I pray that you'll just bless them and you'll fill them with your spirit. Those that are traveling, you'll give them safety in their journey so they'll be here back safely. Father, those that are ill or in the hospitals, the hospitals are full. I just pray that you will bless each of those medical personnel and team that works on them, that has to work on Sundays. I just pray that you'll give them an extra special blessing in their life. Father, provide healing. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. And God, is there one here today that needs to reconnect with you? Would you encourage them to do it? In your name we pray. Amen. Great song of invitation. Uh, He touched me. Listen.